Well, there you go. What a great way to start a Friday. Um, I just wanted to say uh, that was called Jazz Concert. And uh, I have a special guest in the studio today, Tanya. And I'm not going to even try because <laughs> I was told I was pronouncing the wrong one syllable wrong. I'm going to have her introduce herself, but she's pretty amazing and um, has won uh, so many awards with her beautiful piano and and unique style of uh, playing. And uh, she's Bulgarian, um, born. She's just uh, amazing. I've heard a lot of the music and I've taught you know read a lot of the reviews and they're just astounding so i'm going to bring both tanya in and also my co-host spencer drake calling in and uh for everyone that wants to listen live you can go into the chat room and the show will be available afterwards on itunes and also on red velvet media blog talk radio um and let me bring both tanya in and also spencer and hey. uh, we'll get this show going. Okay. Hello. Right. Yeah, I got you. Hello. Hi, Tanya. Okay. Tanya, okay. Please pronounce your last name correctly because I kept, you said I was saying the S wrong. I okay. would love no, let's to hear you try to say my last name first, though. <laughs> I am having so much fun with that. Stop it. No, 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 girl. You are going to say, you're going to let our listeners know, because also we're going to give out your website, too. And um, no, you're so cute. And, I mean, this music is such, so different. And um, I just really think a lot of people, if you really want something different, you really, and, I mean, it's won awards. It's been up for other awards. You've played at Carnegie Hall. We're going to talk a lot about that. Also, I when I was looking through Instagram yesterday, you know Richard Barone. You met Richard Barone, and I was telling Spencer that after yes. um, I saw it. Wow, that's so cool. You all have to tell friend. us our Richard Barone story. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we want to know your Richard Barone story because he's uh, <laughs> been on our show quite a few times. But, Tanya, how do you say your last name correctly, please, My for our listeners? My last name is pronounced. S T A V R E V A. See, Spencer did well with that. Stop, Britta. <laughs> but stop, This makes it better. Why do we you have a, why don't we have I, an artist like you know? We should have an artist like Eric Satie on. It's easy to pronounce. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, trying no. to say star. You're, you're trying to get rid of the V before the R. You're trying to say star instead of yeah. Stavreva. Beautiful, beautiful Stavreva. name. <laughs> Very good. It's much better. Yes, yes. Yeah, good, huh? I got it. Well, (laughs) Tanya, do tell. I'm so happy to be here. You can hear me now. Can you hear me okay? Yes. You are going to tell our listeners, please. Um, I opened up a jazz concert. and we're going to give your website out real quick, and we have another piece we'll be playing later. But I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about where you came from with this music and how it got to the point where you performed at Carnegie Hall, um, Lincoln Center, the Grammy Museum. Uh, you've been Billboard's top ten artist and Bulgarian-born piano dynamo, Time Out. <laughs> New York and no no really seriously 
and yesterday you you told me you won eleven international music awards. Now it's changed 14. from nine to eleven. Fourteen now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can't keep up with it. I can't, can't keep got, up you with got it. more since I talked to you the other day. Um why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and um about where your music came from and everything, because we'd love to, you know, we both have questions, I'm sure. Um, sure. Well, go um, for it. first, I want to say that the, the the short piece that they heard is titled, the full title is Jazz Concert Etude, Opus um, 40, by the composer, the classical mm-hmm. composer Nikolai Kapustin. Um, mm. So what is unique about the, his style is that, um, write this music as a classical composer but it's all written music however um, the real definition of jazz is really improvisation however trying to present that piece as if it's improvised is where the challenge is so I'm having a lot of fun with it but um, professional jazz musicians would know that this is classical music because it's written music from that perspective so but the first time jazz concert Mm -hmm. and um um, my repertoire is very diverse. I grew up in Bulgaria. That's where I was mm-hmm. born and raised. I was born in the capital, Sofia, but I was raised in Plovdiv, the second big city. And Plovdiv, um, next year, 2019, is going to be cultural capital of Europe. So there will be a lot of concerts and people mm. from all over the oh, world wow. um, wow. celebrating because okay. it has its old history. Um, that's kind of a different subject, <laughs> but uh, I grew up mm-hmm. in Florida and I studied at the National Music School. So, as a young student, I was introduced to the traditional repertoire, and uh, that gave me very strong foundation. And um, my repertoire varies from baroque style music by Bach or Scarlatti all the way to contemporary composers. So, um, oh, wow. my music to describe—it's kind of hard to hard to say what's my music because mm-hmm. I carry so much from the past composers in my uh, current repertoire. Um, this particular album that I uh, released titled Rhythmic Movements, I really focused on music that um, speaks to me in the present moment. It was very important mm-hmm. to me that it relates to who I am as an artist, where I am in my life as an artist. And if, if you listen to the full album, it has a lot of useful and energetic energy. And I think that sort of reflects mm-hmm my current state of mind and um, (laughs) so uh, the composer Nikolai Kapustin I actually discovered here in the United States I've never heard of him in Bulgaria which is strange because he's a Russian composer and um, Mm -hmm. I fell in love with his music so I recorded those two uh, of the etudes and he also has concertos for piano and orchestra and similar to how Mm -hmm. Gershon is jazzy in a way of course both composers have different styles Kapustin sounds quite jazzy with the piano concertos as well. And on the album also there is music from Argentinian composer Alberto Ginostera, as well as original Mm -hmm. compositions, pieces that I composed Mm -hmm. on track one and track ten. Oh, wow. Music by American composer Mason Bates. He is um, now a very popular uh, composer in classical music. And uh, I did met Mason back in the day before he was big that big <laughs> so uh that mm-hmm. was kind of a funny accident but uh i was very happy over the years to establish this relationship and to record this piece and to also premiere another piece that he wrote at carnegie hall on the main stage that was uh i believe not oh, last wow. summer but the summer before that and uh mm-hmm. i had the honor to premiere for the first time 
the world premiere. The name of the piece was The Cage Bird Sings, and that will be recorded on my next album. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Nice. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. And, of and course, this album, yeah, yeah, go, go for it. I was wanting to say about no, Hungarian no, no. composers that um, besides mm-hmm. American, Argentinian, Russian, and original compositions, mm-hmm. I also had Bulgarian composers. And um, what's interesting is that a lot of the traditional Bulgarian composers, classical, they didn't really reach much um, in the West. Uh, I don't know why, maybe because Bulgaria back mm-hmm. in the day was a communist country. And um, Bela Bartok was one of the composers to travel in a lot of Eastern European countries and collect the folk elements in the music. So Bela Bartok mm-hmm. himself wrote Bulgarian dances, Romanian dances, many other um, pieces with folk elements. So a lot of people in classical music kind of know about Bulgarian rhythm from Bartok. And they're like, oh, that's like Bartok. So we use a lot of asymmetrical, week seven, eight, nine, eight, and many, many other yeah, yeah. Uh, irregular time signatures. So um, I just know, wanted to ask that's... about the Bulgarian music. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanna, can I ask a question? I want to ask a question. Yeah, hold on. Hold on one minute, one minute, one minute. Okay. I just want to say this before I lose it, my thought. I have to tell her something really quickly. Um I talked to a friend of mine who's Bulgarian, and he's a very famous sculptor over in Bulgaria, but he's also got a studio here in Sonoma. And when I told him that you were going to be on the show, he was like, oh, my gosh, I know who this is. His name is Boyan Radoslav. Um, I don't know if you know him, of his work, but um, he knows of your music um, because he has it, and it was trippy. I was like, you're kidding. And That's amazing. Said, yeah, I do. I have it. <laughs> I play it. So anyway, I'm sorry, Spencer. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just had to no, say okay. that before no, been, I lost been, my thought. Know, I, Go for I, it. I, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. First of all, the producer, Ron St. Germain, he's very famous. I know that. And yes. tell, us about, mm-hmm. tell us about Ron a little bit. Uh, Ron is amazing. I am so honored to work with him. Um, yeah. He's one of the reasons, actually, I recorded the album uh, and I will tell you, actually, for many years, I wasn't even thinking into getting to the recording industry because I've, I've been hearing all of these complaints about how people don't buy music anymore. It's so hard to buy, uh, sell records and all these problems in the recording industry, streaming, et cetera, et cetera. So I wasn't really looking into it. However, every time I had a concert, people asked where they can listen to my music outside of my concert or where they could <laughs> take it home. So uh, when I met Ron and we talked about collaborating, to me it was clear that this was the person I'm going to record my first album with. And we decided to do it independent because I also used a a little bit of a different approach in terms of the programming. A lot of traditional Mm -hmm. classical labels prefer to record the complete work. So a lot of classical albums are very much like collections of the complete work by the Mm -hmm. composers. And I felt a little different because I had that idea of the rhythms, and I wanted the rhythms to continue to build up to certain culmination. Um, so between track one to, through track probably uh, nine, the rhythmic drive continues to build up, and then at track ten with the dark side of the uh, sun, uh, the name of my composition, which my producer actually chose that name. It's not my fault. You can blame him for that title. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. And uh, uh, that's actually when I play inside the strings of the piano that kind of distracts 
it brings a different type of rhythmic atmosphere there. And uh, then with the Bulgarian piece, Dumala Dupero, which is over 10 minutes long, uh, that brings to another culmination. So um, I wanted that kind of intensity because um, it really spoke to me. And, for example, track seven is the fourth movement of Alberto Hinostera's Sonata Number no. 1, and it's almost unheard of to record in an album just one movement of sonata. Traditionally, they would prefer mm-hmm. the complete sonata. But in, having mm-hmm. in mind the title of the album and uh, aesthetics, it's kind of it's a bit excuse, I would say. I would say I'm sorry of excuse to do it that way, but still more traditional kind of uh, listeners would prefer to have it the old way. So the old way versus the new way. But also my album is 45 minutes long, um, a little mm-hmm. even less than that probably, yeah. versus 60 or 80 minutes. And I remember when we were discussing with my producer uh, the length and the repertoire, uh, my first question was, oh, by the way, how many minutes could the city fit? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I was planning on playing music that is so long that it would just take up to the maximum capacity of the city. And then he said, oh, well, I think this album should be no more than 45 minutes long. And I said, well, this is crazy. It should just be 60 minutes. So <laughs> it should be actually time. But then at the same time, I really wanted an album that people were not bored of. Because sometimes when people listen to complete works, they skip the tracks or depending on how different movements are. And of course, depending on mm-hmm. what type of repertoire uh, the artists are playing. I really wanted an album when people press the button to go all the way to the last track and for this to be like a recital, like a real experience for them. Oh, um, no. I, I want totally, the whole thing yeah. to be a story and to take them on a journey. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to ask you something yeah. because when I first found, I actually found you to bring you on the show, I I heard your music and I freaked out. I Because <laughs> I've been, I started my life with uh, jazz, you know, freeform jazz. That's how I started designing for famous like Pharaoh Sanders and Ornie Coleman and famous mm-hmm. and your music like that uh, jazz piece you wrote but your music is uh, let me ask you a question your music is very special it's very different oh it's, thank you it, so it, much and it is very creative now let me ask you a question are there other musicians are you are you so different that this is your own entity or are there other musicians that go into this ex- I call it like an experimental area you know what I'm saying are there other uh, musicians, classical musicians like that, that you know of, that, that, or are you just very that much different that your music is very, very different. You know what I'm saying? This is You're her own special. style. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting. Well, the problem is, I have to say, um, I feel that this is my style, and this is something I'd like to continue mm-hmm. to expand. But I want to state that. Um, first of all, I also perform at many different venues. Just last week, I performed at Cafe Vivaldi, and I got a review, and New York One News was there, and I've never expected that music critics will appear at a cafe to review a recital versus a more formal mm-hmm. concert hall. So that was great, by the way. Um, the cafe, unfortunately, closed uh, just immediately the day after that uh, concert. And um, so I, I bring the music to many different places. It's, for me, it's extremely important to perform every month somewhere, at least mm. once, all the time. So I'm not like some yeah. colleagues where I would play on the classical venues whenever they're booked uh, a few times a year. But for me, it's important to just perform all the time as much as possible. And I often uh, perform at events where I meet people from other genres of music. And so that, for me, uh, is really important because I feel that from musicians, um, let's say from the jazz uh, genre or rock and roll genre, I feel like I have been learning a lot 
not just in terms of mm-hmm. how to promote the music, but also in terms of how um, how they are accessible to the audience. Uh, they often talk between the pieces to the audience. Um, in the traditional recital halls, usually the classical artists just take a bow, play, and then take a bow and go, and often nobody's talking on stage. Uh, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's another level, it's another deeper level to connect to the audience if you say a few words to the audience. Uh, so that's something that I really like. But also, uh, it's, it's about how you connect and how you, the more you perform on stage, obviously, the more comfortable you feel. And um, connection yeah. to the audience is very important in communicating with the audience. Um, so I am kind of, um, how to say, uh, participating in some traditional uh, projects, but overall I'm uh, kind of exploring different ideas and I'm not following yeah. the pattern, the standard pattern. And I think that's what makes me different in general. Yeah. And I... That's- I program my music in a very different way. That's not a traditional way of programming. Mm-hmm. And I also choose music that speaks to my heart. I don't um, really, uh, for example, a lot of concerts uh, are include baroque piece and then some classical style piece and then romantic style and then some modern piece. So it's almost like a sample from the different eras. It's that's your, great. It's your stuff. Yeah, it's part of you. Great, but you know, yeah. it's really good for an audition or for a competition if you're a student because mm-hmm. when you're doing auditions and competitions, you're showing your level of experience of those different styles. But when you're an artist in the professional world, um, it's fine, I guess, to have program like that. But I particularly like to have a theme. I like to have a connection. It's almost like if you go to watch a movie, there is a story. There's something that happen. <laughs> that kind of way of. I'm a little <laughs> bit visual also. Yeah. Oh no, totally. Excellent. You're into visual thing. I can I can see, you know, her playing with stuff playing behind her like uh mm-hmm. films. Like, you know, a lot of people I have a lot of visual stuff going on. You know, um I wanted to ask you in your in your life where you've got where where you are right now, Tanya, who were you mentored by? Who was your mentor? Who were you looking up to and what were you like listening to that got you and made you decide that this was the type of music that you wanted to do because it's so different. It I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will need to respond with several names. Uh, first sure. of all, I, um, my major mentor in my life as a pianist is my piano teacher in Bulgaria, uh, Mrs. Rusite Vancheva, oh, wow. who I lost mm-hmm. years ago, around 2009, I believe. And she was my teacher for 13 years. Um, wow. I started working with her since first grade at the National Music School. So she was like a family to me. And growing up in Bulgaria, learning about the greatest musicians, um, always hearing classical music at the school, at the symphony, at home, I was always surrounded by this music. And it was it made my life so rich to grow up like that. I feel very lucky in mm-hmm. terms of the music. And um she is certainly absolutely important mentor and I remember when I was doing competitions a lot of young kids around that time started playing very mature works early and she was very against that and now that I'm older I understand that because if you're a young kid and you play piece it's about love and war and all of these um, themes that the composers were also going through in their lives uh, a young kid wouldn't really understand, uh, I mean, at age 10 or 12, you know, so much uh, of that versus when you are a more mature person in your 20s, let's say. So rediscovering sure. that music as a later time, it's a different type of experience. Um, 
so I'm I'm very grateful to that because she always chose my repertoire uh, very smartly. And even though sometimes we would argue and I would say, oh, but I really want to play Chopin's second sonata. You know, the second sonata by Chopin is also known as Funeral March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you are, I don't know, 13, 14 probably doesn't make uh, a lot of sense to play it, even though there are kids that have advanced technique and they could play the note. It's a lot more than that than just playing the note, just bringing the character uh, um, so, um, so she's an important mentor. But in terms of how my music sounds now, I would blame rock and roll because when I graduated from all schools and programs and I moved to New York, I started to listen to music outside the classical world. And to me, because I was in Boston, I had a friend with a rock band. The first time I went to the live show, I think that's the first time in my life I actually went to a live uh, rock show because I. I mean, I've, I've listened to rock music in Bulgaria. We would play sometimes at Home Queen or Jimi Hendrix, but I've never been to an actual rock concert back then. Mm. So when I went to the rock show in Boston, I got a headache because I wasn't used to the amplifier sound and all of this. So I didn't understand it so well the first time because those sounds were too noisy to me. But later, as I got used to it, I could hear how they have different sounds depending on who's the sound guy, how they sound is better or worse, or how the instruments had little layers, different dynamics and all these other things. So I would say that I started to listen to more rock music, such as Led Zeppelin and such as, um, I don't know, it was so funny once I had a discussion with my producer and I discovered the band Soundgarden. And I was like, oh, I, I discovered the great band Soundgarden. Have you heard of it? Oh, they're great, and, yeah. Oh, wow, how funny. Funny, funny. That's funny. Cool. so mm-hmm. funny. Yes, so how to say is just um, there is this sense of freedom. And these artists are so good at expressing themselves and also um, just giving, giving what they can give from their heart. So I, I think yeah. that connection mm-hmm. is very important because with classical musicians, sometimes they practice a lot for many hours and then they, some of them uh, feel nervous being on stage and performing, but to feel free and to be able to connect your audience through right. that discipline as well, I think it's a very combination. So um, so I think that um, my album is classical, but it has a little bit of a rock edge. I think especially you, Spencer, could kind of sense that with the drums on the last track. We distorted the piano. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I mean, no, you got, I, I wanted to say joke. something. Oh, I wanted to no. say something. The, I, I call you a power pianist. Someone else called you uh, something like that. Uh, your, your piano is very intense. I mean, your piano playing is very intense and beautiful, you know, but it's Thank very you. intense. So I could see why those words describe the way you play <laughs> as a pianist, right? I mean, you agree with that, right? The Bulgarian born piano <laughs> dynamo. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what she's. That's I mean, what you're called. Um, that's I great. Say I um, the music uh, I played notes the way they're written, and I'm very passionate about the music that's written, and I truly connect with it. Um, so uh, I don't know if it's that much intense, but uh, being a pianist, it's a concert pianist. Uh, you could be all over the piano. I mean, it's not like you're just playing chords in the middle part of the piano, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. What to answer you <laughs> you're funny. You're funny. No. And including in the strings of the piano. I mean, the piano in general is really an incredible instrument because it's very orchestral. I often, when I play, mm-hmm. I think of it as 
as different instruments, it could be percussive, but it could be also very melodic. And it's um, not not uh, just it's not an accident that uh, conductors, when they study conducting, they are required to study mandatory piano. Of course, not like pianists, but they should be able to uh, read the conducting score on the piano. So the piano is a very orchestral instrument, and it's a very powerful instrument in general. And I hope that more people actually um, outside the classical community, because our community of classical music is very small in general, I hope that classical music could mm-hmm. reach bigger audiences and it could reach more people. Uh, because sometimes if I play at a venue like Cafe Vivaldi, let's say a few years ago, I had a show there, and a lady came to me and said, oh, wow, I've never heard piano playing like that. I always thought of piano playing like Alicia Keys. And she's so great at doing what she's doing when she's singing herself, but it's a very different way of playing when you're a songwriter versus when you're a concert pianist. And I wanted, some people to, I wanted, have to, never heard I that. wanted to say something, uh, Tanya, also. I'm a very big fan of Bach harp, uh, multi-harpsichord concertos, like three and four harpsichord, and I could see you playing the harpsichord, actually, you know? Um, I have actually played the harpsichord and organ in Bulgaria. I took some classes. It was required. But it's not really my thing because when you're playing the harpsichord, the touch is very different. You cannot really make any dynamics. It's just very much, uh, it's not touch sensitive. That's why they have different keyboards, one that plays soft, one that plays loud back in the day. So with the piano, I can actually, the way I touch the the keys differently, I could bring different layers different right. colors. So the right. harpsichord is a very different approach than than being a pianist. So for me, doing boss is uncomfortable. I know I have some colleagues actually that are able to do boss, and for me personally, I prefer to stick to the piano more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's beautiful. That's it's very beautiful. Cool. Yeah. You, know, you know, since you have been exploring different music besides just your own, and let's give out your website real quick. I have a sure. question for you after that. Let's... um. Give out your website because it's a great website. You've got some great stuff up there. Thank you. Um, a lot of you want to give it out to our listeners? Please don't go to the artistic photographs. Everybody criticizes me there. No. <laughs> Tanya, can you yeah. give out? Tanya, what's the website exactly? Because I don't have it right in front of me. She has a lot of websites. Uh, yeah, TanyaStarriva.com. Well, her main so website. T- yeah, right. T-A-N-I-A-S-T. T-A-V-R-E-V-A dot com. Okay. So that's T-A-N-I-A-S-T-A and then V-R-E-V-A. V-R-E-V-A. V-A. Yeah. I mean. You know, you're going to be. She's going to haunt me in the middle of the night. I know that she's going to call me up because say my name. Yes, because the the A, we pronounce A, and the E, we pronounce A. Mm. You know what it is? I think it's, (laughs) yeah, you know, Um, that's funny. Mm. You know, I want to know, Tanya, um, from you on your, you know, journey that you've gone on so far, because you're pretty young, um, what are you currently working on right now? And I want to know what kind of music you're listening to yourself. Like, what are you listening to? Uh, I'm listening to a lot of Grammy FYC submissions when the Grammy season comes. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so that I'm getting Great. tons of FYC submissions. 
musicians. But outside of that, um, of course, I'm listening to classical music, um, to a lot of... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very blessed to have incredible friends that I go to fantastic concerts. One of my dear friends, Ted Nash, actually, uh, he invited me a couple of times at Jazz at Lincoln Center, mm-hmm. and I would listen to the Winton Marcellus Ensemble, which is phenomenal mm-hmm. and world-class. Oh. That's really a treat. Mm-hmm. And um, so living in New York is, is amazing. Um, there's so many things right. happening all the time. Um, my very good friend, Mauricio Zotarelli, has a, a great quartet um, where he's in so many different bands. So I really <coughs> enjoy um, hearing his music live. Um, my uh, guest artist, Will Cahoon, from the band Living Color, who is my guest artist on track 14 on the album, he plays with more than seven or eight different ensembles, and especially he plays a lot of jazz here in the city as well when he's not on tour with Living Color. So I go to a lot of his shows. So I do try to find time uh, to hear friends. And, of course, there are many, many uh, incredible uh, artists and friends uh, that I just – it would take an hour to list their names. (laughs) No, that's great. uh, You're able to listen to such great music, you know. Because I have so many friends in jazz. so important. I'm thinking about probably mm-hmm. taking some lessons and learn how to improvise more freely. So when I'm at parties, we could do more things together. <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to distract your... myself too much. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Tell me about your friendship <laughs> with Richard Barone, because Richard's music is so different from this. Richard is amazing. Uh, I met with Richard mm-hmm. about two years ago or so. I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. It was at the party, and we exchanged CDs. I just recently saw him uh, at an event that um, we reconnected. So uh, I love going to his shows when I can. And um, his music is, is, is really, really special. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really beautiful. Oh, it's such a small world. Do you know him as well? Have you interviewed him on this show? Oh, yeah, yeah. We Richard, have. I brought, I brought, have. I brought Tanya, I brought have. Richard on our show a long yes. time ago. But Richard, I'm very close with in New York, and I, nice. I go to so many events he's played at and reviewed. And he's just he's going to uh, be doing one in New York soon. In yeah, the park, and just, uh, I think. by the way, he's yeah. always surrounded Tanya by really great musicians. You know, when he does a show, mm-hmm. he always brings on incredible musicians he's surrounded with. So you yes. have to find with him. You have to find new musicians also that you've never heard before playing with him. He exposes a lot of great music. He's a very exceptional musician. I know. History. So yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's so cool. You guys hooked up and um, are, you know, friends, uh, you know, with the music, especially in the music industry. You mentioned something about a lot of different Grammy artists. Now, um, I noticed, I read somewhere, are you on the Grammy panel? Did you say that uh, you were, I'm a, you were a judge? Uh, you're a member. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I know uh, Spencer is as well. Um, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the music is uh, very important. Um, did you get to see the Ramones Grammy um, Museum uh, exhibit that they had when it was in New York? I think I was uh, not in town. Yeah, I you travel a lot. <laughs> I, travel I know. Lot. That's what I was going to say. What are you currently working on right now? What are you currently yeah. working on? Well, I usually don't like to talk. I keep it quiet, uh, the things that are in process. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm, okay, I'm writing a new album, but I can't tell you what it is about yet. 
Okay. Uh, because um, I would like my next actual album that I release on my label, Tanya Stavrova Music LLC, to be uh, nice. original, original album. And in the meantime, I'm planning the next classical album, but uh, the classical album would be extremely expensive. It's, I prefer to take my time because I'm releasing those on my label as well. And um, I have to say, in terms of the labels in the record industry, uh, releasing it independently um, on my own seems to be a better financial benefit than being on an actual outside label. Yeah, you control um, all your money. Tanya, you, get, you, you, you have complete creative control, and you control the money area, too. You know. So if actually somebody buys my CD on gumroad.com, uh, most people yeah. have never heard of it. Or on CD Baby, it's more popular. From CD Baby, I get about 80% of the sales. And on Gumroad.com, I get oh. 95% of the sales. Wow. So when somebody buys nice. my album, they actually yeah, support my fans. So I'm very actually open to let uh, my fans know about this type of details because sometimes there are colleagues of mine that they release something on a classical independent label, and then the label takes 80%. And often the label is asking right. the artist to pay for the right. recording on top of it. So the artist really is not making much, in, including that the, the recording is available everywhere. So most people stream it instead of buying it. So um, I actually, my producer as well, Ron Sanderman, um, suggested that we just album that way. Uh, yeah. And um, he suggested I, that I don't participate in streaming at this point, just because it's it's the pace solo. Sure. and. And, you know, in classical music, we don't really hit million plays that much. Um, maybe classical crossover, like Star Wars or something like that. But <laughs> Oh, you know what? I did get to see. No, no, no. Listen, you want to hear this? It's so funny. You know how they have they have a full-blown orchestra that comes out, and they play the theme either from, um, oh, I know Jurassic Park's going to do one soon, but they did one for Star Wars, and they did one also for... Um, Indiana Jones um, for oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark. They did a whole outside um, San Francisco orchestra plays and the music oh. and the scenes are playing. Wow. And mm-hmm. I mean, it sells out. It sells out way yeah. at a time. And, um, nice. <laughs> you know, and they do a lot of stuff at Grace Cathedral, too, in the city, which is really cool, which, by the mm. way, has one of the most beautiful inside labyrinths. I don't know if you are into labyrinths or not, but they're mm-hmm. beautiful to walk. Wow. And uh, there's one at Grace Cathedral. But, um, you know, your music is so different, as Spencer was explaining. You know, um, are you doing anything like for film or are you thinking about writing music I would opera really or, like uh, anything like that? I I would really mm-hmm. like to do more things with film, and I'd love to be yeah. in the okay. film too, playing the piano, not point, just point. in the background playing the music. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know anybody. Yeah, well, uh, you've got that look, want, so you could do it. I want to let you, you know about the project that I'm doing next week. Um, I'm invited okay. by, yeah, the, yeah. by the legendary ESP label to record an album with the music of mm-hmm. Steve Hoji. Steve Hoji is a great oh, nice. classical composer. And um, mm-hmm. so that project will be happening next week, and uh, I am currently working on uh, music by this composer, and we will be recording in the, in the studio, and then from there on, ESP 
label is in charge with uh, when the release is going to be, all kind of other album details. So Wait a minute, uh, did you uh, just of say... Of course, I will keep yeah. everybody posted she said, about it. She said ESP, so Spencer and I have a really big history with ESP. Yeah, I used to design free ESP yeah. records. Really? I used to design for ESP mm. records. So and then Bernard, did you know Steve called you? Yeah, uh, very good friends. Are well, you kidding? Yeah. Well, I am. I am. We all do. He's a composer Even though I'm on the East West Coast. Oh my God! Yeah. I can't. I gotta call him up. I gotta call That's him great. up. You have to call him up. We have. You have to call him. Yeah. Up. Are you kidding? I, I go to the reunion, and I used to design Beautiful. big time for years for the ESP. A lot of great musicians I designed mm-hmm. for. Yes, he, he's, oh, maybe you, you know? should design then. You should design the al- the album. You should design the cover for this album that I'm gonna play on then. I love it! Wow, that <laughs> would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Steve you. Steve Holsey is a great guy, yeah, and, uh, and and Holly had. We, you know, I knew the owner Bernard Stolman for years, and Holly had uh, Holly had Bernard on her show one time. And yeah, we both, Bernard. We and both I had a very, very strong connection friend. with Bernard, the originally owner, yeah. the original owner of the label. You know, both of us mm-hmm. had a. And Bernard really started me in my career. By the way, I had my first music job with Bernard, and and I became famous. But he started me. You know, he really started yes. me on packaging for ESP. Mm-hmm. So, did you? Yeah. You know. Did you meet Steve, his brother? Steve Stolman? Oh, I know the family's very involved still. I think he's been at mm-hmm. concerts, actually. Well, um, one of the pieces, actually, that I uh, am recording are a set of gymnopedies that he uh, composed oh, nice. as a tribute to Eric Satie. So there is a connection uh-huh. to Satie in the album as well. <laughs> wow. Oh, fantastic. Yes, very exciting. That's incredible. The small world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. This Unbelievable. Is so, so that's happening next well, you week. Know. And then, uh, then on wow. Friday next week, I'm flying to Europe. I'm going to Bulgaria, and then I'm going to Germany, and then I'm back to Bulgaria. The second time when I'm back, it's going to be vacation, and I'm going to be on the Black Sea in a swimsuit. So I'm trying to nice. see so I can fit better my um, swimming suit. Oh, we have a very cold winter in New York, you know. You have a heat wave going on right now, don't you, in, in New York? Oh, no, it's Isn't great. there a heat I'm wave? I'm not complaining. I don't think it's a heat wave. It's just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, great. that's awesome. I, this is my favorite weather. I wouldn't call it a heat wave. This is just, like, finally a nice weather. Yeah, no, that's great. You it know, is. It fall, is. The you fall, know, there's the a joke. <laughs> you don't know me well enough, but sometimes if I'm with a group of friends and I actually start feeling good that it's finally nice and I'm not cold and I always carry sweaters for AC and fans and wherever, uh, you know, there are all these ACs everywhere that they ruin the warm weather. And I say, wow, I'm starting to feel good, so probably others are dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that so, one. So that's why I asked that's about the great. weather. I'm like, oh, it's just perfect for me. I don't need AC. But then Spencer might be like, oh, it's oh. so <laughs> Yeah, well, Northern California gets very warm, and we had a whole bunch of really cool weather, and now it's getting back into the hot weather because, you know, the vineyards are right here, so it's like crazy. But you I guys have fire last year. 
You guys had uh, fire. We, did, we just ago. had another fire. Yeah, oh, and no. we have a red flag warning all weekend. Um, some somebody set a couple fires um, last That's weekend so when we had um, 102 yeah. or 103. Yeah, we had bad fires. We got evacuated. Um, it was bad. Um, but you know what? We're we're rebuilding. And it's all good now, and we need some good music. So you have to come to Northern California. Anything on California coming soon? Yeah, you uh, should. I think in the fall we're planning a tour to Los Angeles. I haven't been there in a while. So okay. um, I have okay. a following there, and I'm planning on um, uh, coming back. But in terms of San Francisco, I haven't been in a super long time. I have performed there in the past at San Francisco. Oh, and, um, so I'm talking yeah. to some people about coming back. And but I'm playing at a mm-hmm. very big hall in October uh, called Berlin Philharmonic Concert Hall. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll be making oh, wow. my Berlin debut, and um, mm-hmm. I'm extremely excited because this is like the Carnegie Hall in Europe, you know. And um, yeah. that's another another really really awesome opportunity. So I'm getting busier and busier, but in um, the meantime, I'm taking also the summer to find time for more original music because after I composed track one and track 10 on the album, a lot of my fans said, oh, we want you to compose more, we would like more of your music. And composing to me, first of all, um, in the classical music schools and conservatories, uh, piano majors are not really encouraged to compose. We don't have a mandatory mm-hmm. composition class. We have so many different classes, but we don't study improvisation, jazz improvisation, and composition. So, um, however, composition majors, they do compose, and they are required to uh, have piano as a secondary instrument, but it's not at the level of piano majors. So, usually in classical music, composers only compose, and instrumentalists only perform the music by composers. Um, So, uh, I am kind of breaking a little bit that rule, (laughs) and um, I would like to compose more music. What is distracting about me is that once I start composing, there are ideas about a whole bunch of other pieces and ones that I could compose. And I don't want to replace the amount of time I'm spending as a pianist every day with holding a pencil and writing. So for me, I have to say, I'm really a performer. I love performing for people live. I mean, really, Mm -hmm. performing live is probably my biggest passion, actually even more than recording albums. Wow. I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. recording albums, but the thing is that if yep. you're recording an album, probably it's more like making a movie where you can edit crop and wherever if you wanted to, versus if you're in theater, you're performing live and everybody can see everything and hear everything. So every time I record, actually, I like to perform as if it's a concert. And I always play the whole piece. I never work mm-hmm. measures by measures or anything like that. I always insist on performing oh, sure. the whole piece because the way my energy is going to be it's so I, I like I like to keep that um, it's funny because the engineers told me that a lot of classical artists they work with they only record measures by measures by measures and they never play the whole mm-hmm. piece maybe if it's something very contemporary but I to me it's, it's a concert it's a performance so it's my job to actually prepare for the recording memorize my music learn my music and just go there as if I'm performing in a concert hall. So that's how oh, that's I record. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Spencer, did you have any other questions? Because we're going to be ending early today. 
Um, no, no, I, I just uh, want to say that we're, uh, thank you for being on, and Holly and I really love your music. And, and good you know, I want to do your next like album. Come on, back, on our Tanya. show again. You know, Tanya? No, yeah, I would no. love to. Yeah. I, I would love, love to. to have you back, Tanya. Yeah, because there's so much more that I'd love to talk to you about. And, you know, um, I should get a Absolutely. lot of my Bulgarian Bulgarian artists that are um, all music musicians. I'm serious. There are a lot. There's a big <laughs> yeah. Bulgarian movement here in Sonoma, Napa, that whole area. And uh, I mean, you said Sonoma. You know, in Sonoma, uh huh. Wow, I've been yes. to and Sonoma. I actually performed at the Bulgarian event there a few wow. years ago, maybe about yes. four or five years ago. Uh, I forgot like the name I of the hall. I could look into it, but I did come and I did perform there. Uh, they do have a Bulgarian community, I believe. It's very huge. Like I said, my friend uh, Boyan Radoslav, he's a very famous uh, sculptor, and uh, his whole family, they're all musicians. So I definitely would love to invite you to Sonoma or Napa or that area to come and play your music. That would be fantastic. I would love yeah. to be back. Oh, that's Absolutely. great. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So um, we're ending this show with a song called Rhythmic Moment. Um, you want to tell us a little moment. bit about that? Uh huh. Rhythmic, rhythmic moment. moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Can't <laughs> um, even talk okay. today. Sorry. I actually could talk a lot about it, but I will talk just a little bit, um, not to take too much of the time. Um, that's my original no, it's composition. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. I composed this piece in 2012 when I was working with uh, okay. the Onomatopoeia the Theater Company on Off-Off-Broadway. That was actually the time when I also did my acting debut here in New York on Off-Off-Broadway. So um, me, the director had this idea of connecting modern classical music with the modern Shakespeare adaptation of The Tempest. And... Um, he knew already my repertoire and he chose particular pieces, but he also asked me for different characters and moods if I could select other music. So as I selected music, and sometimes he would totally love the titles and he would feel that the title of this piece would probably match the mood, but then it would not be what he expected. And then sometimes when we worked on some of the monologues, he would say, well, we need to speed up here, or can you just end faster this section? We just need it up to there. I just pretend that that's the end. And I said, well, we can't do that because this is music by Marissa Vell. She wrote the music like this. I can't just change the music of the composer and, and put other notes. You either have to wait until the end mm-hmm. of the piece or you either... <laughs> so ah. it was so hard. And then I said, you know what? It might just be easier if I compose something. So the way he would describe the characters and the moods and the stories. Uh, and then um, there were some pieces we really had a hard time finding the right piece for it and then I would have to learn it because it's by a composer but I just played mm-hmm. a couple of things that I composed and I said wow this is perfect for the Caliban scene so it used to be a little bit uh, slower because Caliban you know the character from the Tempest mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. then after that I um, I decided to write a little bit more and to make it my own sort of piece like one of those Bulgarian dances in 7-8 they're called Rachinitsa and it turned out being uh-huh. a short a little less than two minutes piece, and then I decided it's like a good kind of uh, short piece to set up the atmosphere for rhythmic uh, movements uh, or, or rhythmic. I had a lot of recital programs titled rhythmic global rhythms or modern rhythms, the rhythmic movements. So uh, I thought it's a good piece to kind of start with, and then it turned out being part of my repertoire, people turned out liking it more. 
And that's how I would say I officially started composing by accident. Oh, sort fantastic. Of. Oh. I've had some experience in the past as a kid, but then mm-hmm. I would be advised to practice my Beethoven sonata. <laughs> Wow, that's funny. Yes, so um, um, that's the story behind uh, this uh, piece. Oh, Oh, fantastic. Well, we're going to, we'll end with that. Sounds good. And it's it's Friday, guys. Please don't drink and drive. And um, have a really amazing 4th of July for people that are going straight into the 4th. Um, I believe we're back next Friday. Um, we have uh, Willie Nile, don't we? Have Willie Nile next no, actually, Friday? We have Willie. We know we have next week. We have uh, Andre, who did the uh, film on Milton Glaser, which was at the Tribeca Film oh, Festival. Oh right. Okay. And then we have yeah, Willie, yeah. our friend Willie Nile, the week after. We have our friend mm-hmm. Willie Nile the week after. Oh, okay, cool. All right, fantastic. Well, I hope that everyone has a wonderful weekend and. A great Fourth of July Thank you. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Same to you. And Tanya, I, I'm going to be in touch with you because I have some things I'd love to send you and uh, invite you to up here. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds absolutely. Great. So with you, that, know, you know, I want to say one in. thing. I'd love to hear Tanya play with the fireworks going on July Fourth. Kind of like, the, oh, you cool. know, like the bar, the barge suite uh, by handle yep, or something, you know? Yeah, that would be great. That would be oh, great. Yeah. Tanya, that'd you should fantastic. have an event with the fireworks. I'm telling you, your music's great. Yeah. You should bring the grand piano on the rooftop. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great idea. Wow. Let's do it. Album cover. You could do an album party cover out. Party <laughs> out. Have a party on the rooftop, Holly, with the piano oh, yeah. and the she fireworks said, going. She said to do oh, my God. the... Um, do the that album so cool. cover with a piano on the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> and fireworks. That'd be cool. <laughs> exactly. Yep, you got to have those fireworks. So for everyone, enjoy your fireworks. Yeah, be safe, guys. It's the 4th of July um, coming up. Be safe. Don't be stupid. Thank you. <laughs> and, don't drink. and don't drink and drive. That's the most <laughs> important thing important drink and drive. about this. And and yeah. listen to some great music. And thank you, Tanya, so much. Have yeah. a great day, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, really show, cool. If you missed it, it'll be on Red Velvet Media and the Indie Cafe afterwards and also on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Right. And right. Our, our new website will be launching. Um, our website is up right now, um, but there's a new one that's launching this weekend because as of the first, guys, SSL certificates are required on all websites. So if you start going to websites that tell you this site is not safe, um, it's just because the person hasn't updated their SS. I'm learning this. I'm telling everyone because wow. you're going to see it. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Um, Google Google is implementing a new thing. Everyone has to have an SSL certificate on your website. So if wow. you haven't updated your website, you better do it before tomorrow because you're going to start getting people that are going to get locked out of your website. Google's going to tell them it's not safe, even though it is. And uh, <laughs> you're going to lose your uh, search engine's optimization. So anyway, oh <laughs> I know. I just wanted to tell everyone that. Have a great yeah, weekend. Yeah, that's good. Good info. Okay. Here you Thank go. Thank you. Bye, Bye, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye.